Welcome back to another episode of the Wandering Freelancer Podcast. I must admit, it's been a while, and I'm guilty. Life got the best of me. I got a little busy. I was working. I had a podcast I was going to publish at the beginning of March and completely forgot to publish it. But I decided to save it. Save it for pretty much right now. So, here are some updates in case you are wondering. On March 17th, I got married. Yes, I am finally off the market. I am taken by an amazing girl. I love her. So yeah, that was a pretty exciting. And we just got done with our honeymoon. So at my wedding, I had my groomsmen were my brother and then three members of the Showtech show or the A-team as we call it. Scott, Richard, and Harvin. So the night before the wedding, we decided to get together, go to Scott's place, and record a special episode of the Show Tech Show reunion show. Now, that's going to be coming next week, so pay attention. But for right now, let's do another Show Tech Show Revisited. Here it is. Let's have a good laugh. One, two, one, two, hey, hey. Sure. Three, that looks good. Coming to you. Ready? Three, and take two. On two. Two, you're on. How about that Foley? <laughs> right here. That's where it comes from. Guys, welcome back to the Showtech Show. We're here. Once again. In, uh, yeah, welcome back. Literally, for those oh of you who are watching gosh. pre-show, we had a, an uninterrupted, uh, a hard network break we had to come up Didn't on. Didn't we say that we would uh, uh, be harder on him the more that... that Yes. Get into this. Yes. Oh, are you talking about our, our lovely and talented TD? Yes. Jordan sitting at the board. Yes. Yeah, I, I totally it's my fault. I hit wrong button last time. I minimized it. This time, I basically <laughs> just did nothing. I meant to it. hit the show keeps going button. I actually <sighs> hit the everything goes away button. So yep. slow fade. <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody, uh, once again to our little show here on the Lone Star Webcast Network. I am your host, Rick Har. Uh, managing Whore. producer, a.k.a. Whore. Thank you, Scott, for that. Scott Davis, my co-host. To my right, your immediate left. Uh, Scott Davis Lighting Designs. That's right. No lower third necessary. He's fine. Um, <laughs> Wait, I want a lower third. Where's my lower third, damn it? Ooh. Go ahead, screw something else. Up. There you go. Dude, we don't right have there. that kind of budget. Man. It's right there. Look at that. Look, look. Every time we use that, it costs me $10,000. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. I'm the one charging you, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. uh, accounts payable. We got it under control. Thank you. We're net 3,090. Who's that over there? We just went to him. Oh, did we? Been with us long? Next. <laughs> yeah. Tonight's show, we're going to be talking about a topic that I wanted to bring up in this group of gentlemen and uh, just discuss it kind of roundtable style. The copy not cotton. Hmm. Three, mm. two. Mm. The mm. copyright conundrum is what I'm calling this one. The, uh, the question of where copyright stands as a policy and a protection in the 21st century, in the digital age, as it were, uh, for both artists and uh, producers and consumers. Uh, the people, like all of us, who watch the things that are protected by intellectual property laws. Uh, also tonight, we're going to do our returning segment, a look around the industry job board, see at those uh, great gigs that are out there for grabs, if you've got what it takes. and. Uh, before all that, we'll be talking about the news this week. Just some uh, cool news items that we come up in our returning segment we call Next. 
Next. Next. All right. So, All right. um, oh, we didn't demo this. Oh, well, let's talk about uh, Jordan. Your first news tip was, uh, well, this is something oh, you had put a few a few weeks ago about a program called Rico Live. Rico this is kind of a uh, Live. This is yes. the next generation it's, of video switching. Eh? It is something that um, is pretty amazing, uh, actually. And somebody, at, a coworker at work, told me about this about it. I'm going to pull up real quick on to... You didn't hear about it on Twitter? Well. Jordan's huge on Twitter. I don't know if I'm you've heard that. But, yeah. Big, big social media guy over here. I have a social media. You've kind of a firecracker. You never know what's going to come out. Slash Jordan. Not safe right, for so work. Basically, this Rico Live, um, you can basically have four, three or four, three iPhones, four iPhones, doesn't matter, three, three iPhones or one iPad. Okay. And you can basically do a switch from there. I'm going to show you this real quick. Let me pop it up on the screen here. There you go. So you can actually Ooh. do a studio recording via Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, with iPad and iPhones. It's a multi-camera shooting app. Did you hear something? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you audiophiles in the audience, my family's in That's studios right. I'm tonight. Playing, I'm playing a little running around like little crazy people. So, uh, so it's something like this. You see, I can do an interview yeah. with, um, and you can do cuts, dissolves, picture in picture. Ow. Almost anything that you want to with this app. It's a simple, effective backpack solution to doing a small remote shoot. Um, this is cool. The first time I saw this, I think it was um, a YouTube video, but they used this to film like a surprise wedding proposal, which was pretty rad. Yeah. Um, so like all these people had pretty incognito devices just using their iPads and iPhones walking around Central Park or something. And, I think it looks cool. And the director was just, yeah, producing it all live like that, doing the live cut. And it was all off these invisible sources because nobody... It's, it's a touchpad system that you could basically hit one screen, hit go, take, switch, dissolve, do any kind of wipe, dissolve that you want to do. Pretty simple. And the thing about it is, you can, it doesn't have to be an iPhone. It could be an iPad and iPod Touches. Yeah, that anything iOS. A, anything with an iOS. It's an iOS only. And really, if you bring one of those portable, in, in uh, like a little, uh, what do they call them? A little MiFi hotspot where you've got your own little Wi-Fi network. Yeah. You could be completely portable in the field yeah. of that and just have a little radius of wireless cameras. Isn't that kind of where you're wanting to go? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it. Do you, do you have your camera app available? You guys want to see if we can do that? I don't Show know. Show a little magic while we're chatting about this technology. Was so I can add a shot using the... Now, you know what? Don't worry. We'll do it another time. That's, that's a lot. But yeah, we've actually got that technology integrated here. We, we can use uh, we can use. We our have it integrated. Wi-Fi. We have the technology. We just don't have the engineer able to do it. <laughs> it exists. But uh, we, yeah, we tried this out just kind of as a goof the other day. We were playing around with it. And you can totally use a uh, just straight, you know, off-the-shelf iPhone and use it as a pretty decent camera. It's a high-definition shot. Uh, color looks pretty good, seamlessly fits right into the broadcast, and I mean, as far as portability, you can't really beat that. So, I mean, uh, but this is, this Rico Live system looks like it's a little bit more fleshed out version of that system, it, a little bit more polished. It looks uh, a little bit, vers it looks a little more versatile than what, what we had done, uh, the other week with our phones. Yeah. Um, the ability to switch from it, that's kind of cool. Yeah, being able to hold the uh, iPad in your hand and use that as a touch interface, that's something I'm, I'm, uh, building toward on our rig. And uh, we've got a lot of, you know, pains we've gone through for as far as professional inputs and having more uh, scalability to our system. 
Uh, that's why it lives in the back of a truck. You know, it's, you know, it's a pretty good sized flight yeah. case, but I mean, the, just yeah. be able to hold an iPad in your hand and, and direct the whole thing Truman Show style. Well, I think that's and everything rad. that you can do is basically you can come off an iPad, you know, off a backpack. You know, everything could be coming off a backpack that's you carry on a plane. It's you know, it could be part of your luggage that's a carry on. Oh yes, For and you can go to any type of you know place that you want to do and do a you know a studio type recording in there. Yeah, that's almost that's almost more exciting uh, uh, for me or for you. We're we're people that like to travel and and do yeah. stuff, but but to be able to get onto a plane, well, even off you go. yeah, and even it could be used for something a small recording studio or a theater show for like you, if you're doing a theater show and you want to do a three or four camera switch, you can easily do it with a you know just a simple three iPod touches and an iPad. And they also sell a, you know, a, a head that is kind of a, almost a pan and tilt PTZ. Well, not a PTZ. It doesn't, can't, I don't know if you can zoom. But you can do a, a P&T from the iPad itself in order to, you know, control the pan and tilt wirelessly from the iPad. So the person with the iPad sitting back in the front of house booth and is basically doing the pan and tilt of each camera. Man, so I saw a great simple. product this week. I should have... Uh... I should have put it in the show notes, and I don't even remember its name. But it was basically that, but it was paired with a little fob that you wear, and it connects and will kind of wirelessly track you. So it was basically just a phone grip, like a Joby phone uh, mount that you put on this uh, PTZ or Pantilt automated tripod head, and then it will auto-track to wherever that device is. So the idea is you can get... Uh, kind of like we were talking about those drones that follow you around, mm-hmm. but this is just a this is just a uh, a it was a phone mount which is super convenient for lightweight productions, and then the the automatic panning and tilting, automatically tracking where you are, where you could get these great shots. They had people like surfing and stuff, and the camera kind of following them. You know, probably wouldn't leave my three thousand dollar pan head and phone on the beach while I go surfing, and I'd probably yeah. just have my buddy hold the. Phone. Are you sure? But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the technology is cool. I mean, that's pretty. Uh, you know, you've seen this in uh, you know video conference applications where they've got the uh, auto tracking uh, cameras and track to fob things like that. So um, that you know that Hi, mom. reminds me of this. Is that my mama? Mm-hmm. Mama joining. Uh, I can't remember if we mentioned this before or after the crash. But if you're watching us live at FrontierTelevision.com, uh, once again, plug to the chat room. Click on the chat live icon that's flashing and blinking, and says chat live. And you can uh, join us. We, we have the chat up every show here, and we like to interact with the audience. If you guys have uh, pointers or questions or comments or uh, obnoxious, not safe for work feedback, we'll make sure to integrate into the show because we love you all. Next. Ooh, about time. Harsh. Sorry. So when you call next, you'd expect the bumper to be there. I just oh, my gosh. Why is nothing working right now? I thought you had hotkeys. No, it's not that. It's this... The, the program crashed, and I got to do another thing to make it So do you have hot keys? And, oh, that's keys. Hot keys. No, oh, I, I got you hot keys. keys. Okay, it's not going to work now. This is not as fast-paced and upbeat as I had originally imagined. <laughs> next! Did you envision it? I did. I, had I just whole, next it. I had this whole thing. I saw you. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, let me let me jump over to Scott now. We did a little bit of video stuff. Tell me about uh, Whirlwind Power Distros. What have oh. developed? Did you guys look at these? Yes, at I all? did. Um, I mean, the power distros, they, Whirlwind got into power about a year, year and a half ago. And it's always a good idea when audio and power get together. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's been proven I time and time again. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, 
But they've they've gotten into the the power distro market uh, mainly because there's not many people left doing it. Um, but they came out with a new meter bridge this year or recently that is phenomenal. I think uh, um, Jordan's, do you have a link for it? Graphics. There she is. This is the this is the the new PL or PM1 RJ. What I love about this thing GMPL. is if if you're working a show and you're out front house, all your power distro stuff is still backstage. You can actually watch and monitor with your iPhone. Oh yes, all of okay. your power, all of your power draws on each leg. Uh, uh, everything is done wirelessly now with this with this remote monitoring system. That is the future of integration, facility integrated technology. Everything's gonna live on the same network kind of by default. Mm -hmm. So not only now can you do remote management from another desktop computer, but they're starting to have, hey, your Wi-Fi network's most likely connected into the same network that all your other S is connected to. So why not be able to just roll out into the front, into the, you know, the house, sit down like one of the audience members and just drive the whole show from your iPad. It's Truman Show, people, I'm telling you. That's the, the recurring concept here. The nice thing about the program is that, say you start getting a hum in your system, you can actually backtrack through and see if there was a power flux on one of your phases when that So it's a remote started. management tool, it's a time no machine. Need for a home buckler. Cool. For a home buckler. Home buckler. Now we don't we don't have to talk long on this because of the fact that there's there's only gonna be maybe maybe a half a percent of the people out there that will use these power distros and stuff like that. But for concerts uh, especially concerts where you're dealing with your power distro system being over 300 meters or 300 feet away from your front of house. This, this just becomes an added tool for you to make the even more perfect show than you're already making. Before, before we move on, how do you feel as Whirlwind, about Whirlwind as a power company? The, Is this somebody you'd put stock into? The, I've used their power distros now three times. Uh, I'm absolutely uh, happy with them. Uh, they, they seem to be, well, because Whirlwind is a Russian, sound company. They, it's a yeah. sound company. They've got all of this sound dampening software built into their power distros, which is nice. There's a lot of sound isolation, a lot of ground isolation. Okay. That's true. That um, gives them a unique perspective for the world of power. These are people who will inherently respect the audio engineer's Frustrations and headaches. So maybe I, that's a maybe that's an advantage. I've been impressed with it. They're a little bit expensive right now, uh, which is almost odd for somebody breaking into the market or breaking into a new part of the market. <laughs> that's a unique take. Uh, Tell but, you what we're gonna do, gents. <laughs> we're gonna come out up with a product that nobody's ever done before. And it's and gonna be the most expensive. And we're gonna product. take the markup through the roof. Um, and guess what? Boss, I don't know about that. Uh, Wouldn't people not buy it? You're fired! <laughs> I mean, okay. But it's a good product. <laughs> so on that note, I'll next myself. He's nexting himself. Gross. Next! What are we it talking worked. about? Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Science! 
Uh, so I'll, I'll get in the mix gonna here. Kill us like halfway through the show because I'm in a mood today as well. Oh man, both these guys we're, are we're both in a mood for. Something. I'm doing okay. The I first know. part of the week started off kind of bad, but now I don't really care. So, uh, do you ever really care? Hey, by the way, our our studio is finally lit by LEDs. LED lighting is so much cooler in here. So if you don't see us sweat to death and pass out mid show, <laughs> thank you to Modern Technology um, and Scott Davis Lighting Designs for your wonderful. John Garcia, you can come back now and not sweat your yeah, really. butt off. All of our, uh, our, our poor uh, partners who've come out here in the past and, and recorded this no longer feeling the heat. Let me talk about Panasonic's newest uh, announcement, uh, the HCX1000 4K camcorder. So this is something that's in the same family, actually, as our little uh, HVX200 that we're, we're shooting with right now, which was kind of a, a bellwether... Uh, change in the the video market brought. I'll uh, let Panasonic cameras. Boy, I tell you, this camera excites me though. It's nice. Yeah. They're very compact. Okay, so you can see the 4K here on the screen. It's a very compact little camera, but uh, built from the ground up as just kind of a, I would say an entry level prosumer 4K recording experience. It's uh, uh let me see. I've got some notes on her here. This is uh, so it's got you know it's got your standard 20 20 power zoom lens on that, which is again comparable to what the little HVX that we've been. Rocking here at the Lone Star, thanks to Jordan's uh, personal inventory. Which you know, the HVX is the official camera for Deadliest Catch. The HVX? Yes. Uh, I would understand. It's a pretty, it's a, I mean, it's, it, it packs a lot of capability for really small form factor. And again, we're talking about travel earlier. That's a lot of what the name of the game is if you're in realistic field production. So it's got a 20, 20 power zoom lens. It does UHD uh, 4K wow. recording at 60 frames wow. per second. Nice little spec there. Sorry, I'm just 60 like, frames per second. I'm, I'm looking at the price, and it is dirt cheap for a 4K pro Yes, and that's, and that's what's always been wow. nice about this series. Maybe that's why we adopted it here in uh, our circle. But, uh, yeah, very affordable. I mean, so if you How want... How much was it? Uh, BH... $4. <laughs> yeah, $4. That'd be nice. B&H Photo has it on for a price at $3,197. Wow, 3000 That is <laughs> Less cheap. dollars than pixels, folks. That's, That's pretty it's good. Less, it's less than um, the I'll HVX 200 originally cost. It's how much what? It's less than the, what the HVX 200 originally cost. Um, yeah, I think that broke at six when it came yeah, out. Yeah, when the HVX like first came out. Six or five, six, I mean. Five or $6,000. Um, and another price, so the HVX, uh, we keep coming back to that camera, a little bit of rundown. That was Panasonic's kind of uh, first high-def camera in this market. It used proprietary P2 media cards to uh, record solid-state footage that was still kind of, you know, new. Uh, this one actually incorporates your standard uh, high-capacity SD cards, so very affordable media for this one. Yeah. Uh, just an insanely affordable way for, you know, reality producers, just like you're saying. Deadliest catch is going to be stupid not to pick these up. Uh, but, you know, companies like that, just really great way to ingest 4K and footage, whether you're... At three grand, I mean, I, they, they're, they they're burn these 200 cameras in, in, a, in a season, so that's that's just... Yeah, and, and this will be picture, a go-to. I mean, look at the picture that we're getting with HVX. Yeah. It's, it's got it's got the uh, our backdrop here is perfectly in focus, which is really amazing. I love uh, that. <laughs> that has got to be the <laughs> largest road case I've ever seen. Oh yeah, that set us back. That's where most of the budget for this set went. Mm -hmm. I went to uh, uh, road case. Okay. Nobody, nobody <laughs> oh my god! Too much bullshitting. <laughs> 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 Next.
Ouch. That was a good that hurt. Though. Um, well, we cut. We talked about Rico Live. Do we talk to talk? Do we touch? Do we talk about the uh, Switchboard Studio? Switcher. Switcher Studio? Switcher Studio. Similar thread to the Rico Live software, eh? Is it not? This uh, is Jordan's story, by the way. I'm not just staring off into space. Hold on a second. I'm trying do you know what you're doing, Jordan? Yeah, I do. Um, He's just quick email. He'll be right back with us. Yeah, Switcher Studio. Dear it's another simple thing. Hold on. Sorry. you got to do like multiple things all at once. Yeah. Unlike Ooh. our system, which is complicated <laughs> as hell. So. Well, Hello. Hello. So the Switcher Studio is basically using the same exact thing of the iPad um, and the iPod, you know, iPods and stuff like that. But now you're able to stream it. The the Rika Live is basically where you can you record on individual devices. So and oh, that's that, a good point. I didn't mention that. Yeah. yeah so it's basically Rika Live is basically you're recording onto each individual iPod. Yeah, each iPod, device is its own ISO record, and then it. And, and downloads then, the footage and puts together the cut, you, like you, the live you do cut like that you a, do later. It's an edit, edit sheet XML or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're basically making an edit decision edit list, and then it goes back iPad, and does that. You, you import that into your Final Cut, Adobe Premiere, whatever, whatever software that you use, iMovie, um, whatever. Jordan, we've got a really good back and forth. I don't know if you've noticed that. The chemistry of us, whenever mm -hmm. we start talking over each other, I, I think the viewers just love it. <laughs> like, you, 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 me, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. It doesn't make any sense. But like every show, count on it, there will at least be one segment where Jordan and I are just stepping all over each other. <laughs> My fault. I apologize. I'm shutting up and tell us more. All right, so <laughs> the Switcher Studio is basically using the same concept, but now that you can stream it online. Through a mobile, it's mobile streaming. It could so do the tell, same. Tell us I, more about this online um, streaming. Um, well, meeting it all. Right. Wow. So, uh, what is, I've heard a lot of people talking about online streaming and online video. Well, it's like what we're doing here. We're online streaming. We're our, huh. we're using what? a streaming client through FrontierTelevision.com. We don't have our own TV channel. Holy hell, Batman! I, I was know. assured this is going out live. I thought this was professional. We, we hacked into. So we actually have a worldwide audience. Yes, we do. We wow. do have a worldwide we can audience. Talk to anybody in the entire planet right now. I'm exactly. drink more now. Yeah, right. Represent America. So, oh boy! Keep going, man. Wow. So, all right. So this really off the rails. <laughs> this is going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so this enables you to go live streaming through like. I'm just going to list a bunch of stuff they have here on the website. Bamboozer. Have you ever heard that? Bamboozer? <laughs> Bamboozer? Bamboozer. Bamboozer. We should stream on them because these guys are a bunch of bamboozers. It has the coolest name. Bamboozer. What are you streaming on? I'm streaming on Bamboozer. So is this something that's really going to help the porn industry? <laughs> I know. That doesn't sound legitimate at all. That's got to be... That's got to be mostly more in Russian television. That's the biggest e-break, like emergency break being pulled right there. Just like the most <laughs> random thing, everything ever. I was like, I don't know how to Jordan, this. I know you're new to internet streaming, <laughs> and I'm going to have to explain to you I, how this works. But there's no guy from standards over your shoulder <laughs> making sure that this is all above board I, yet. I don't know if I could tweet about that. Yes, <laughs> so right. That's, that's my <laughs> That might violate the social media policy of some of my employees. Oh, okay. So, big boozer. Keep dropping. Jackass. <laughs> Concert window. Never heard that one either. Cube. Twitch. I heard that I heard one. Twitch, yeah. Twitch. Twitch. Vigi Games. I Twitch. Twitch. I know. You stream and YouTube. Since you stream. You can stream on. What about YouTube live on. stream? 
Uh, I'm sure it does. Anybody who takes an RTMP stream will probably be able yeah, to use this product. It, or it's all almost like an RS stream or something. Okay, like that. you just you lost half of our audience. Actually, all Sorry. of our audience because <laughs> I don't think I can lose half of our audience because half of three is not a Since real number. Since we that happening, yeah, but your mother says that we have very clear sound and pick. And she's correct, folks. Because thanks here at the Lowstar, we believe in nothing. But thanks the to best. the Panasonic HVX200 camcorder. It's, that it's too bad she missed the first four <laughs> minutes of the show. Yeah, what's your uh, show actually came on the air. It was yeah. clear and audible. That's good that it, it crashed during that time when nobody's watching. I don't know. But anyways. Uh, so it sounds like a about? very versatile product, once again. It, the thing is, so you've got a good solution for people who want to stream live. You've got a good yeah. solution for people who want to record. But they don't have a perfect solution for both. I mean, I guess a lot of these live streaming services have uh, cloud-side recording, so you can archive whatever you put up. YouTube, obviously, you can do that. Is that the next proprietary thing that needs to be worked on. Um. Well, I mean, that's another thing is, you know, the convenience of these ultralight packages and platforms are, you know, it's really cool to be able to travel, but you really limit yourself in terms of hardware and processing yeah. power and storage space. You really can't go too crazy. Uh, I mean, for now, the technology is always changing. We've got uh, H.265 is getting ready to come out, which is going to be the next generation of, you know, heavy lifting codec that'll really allow us to squeeze these UHD high bandwidth shows into even smaller space. So you I mean, lost her again. You said UHD. <laughs> Just write all this down. Wikipedia it later. You're gonna be blown. Your mind's gonna be blown. How much you know? You, Mom, just be proud. Your you, son's smart. You nerd. <laughs> I feel like a next. Next. <laughs> I've noticed my next times are getting shorter and shorter. No, even what, though what, the bumper what, time what, is harder and harder. That was my subject, though. But I'm next to my own subject. Yeah, but only when I started talking. So. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, no, we got one it more uh, load Scott, sensing. Scott was that a separate so topic, I believe? Ladies and south, gentlemen, Scotty. let me get on to my safety kick once again. Um, these load sensors have been around for a while. Uh, but they're becoming much, much easier to to uh, to to in, implement them into your systems. And I must stress this. This is not just a touring thing. Any roadhouse that has mechanical uh, style of uh, uh, fly galleries or anything like that. I say anywhere you're going to fly something. Yeah, anywhere you're, where you're going to hang something, this system is so do gosh darn important. Well, um, watch the language. I said gosh darn. I, dude, they are seriously. Why? Your mom's gone. Oh, she's back. <laughs> um. <laughs> if we have a topic, I guarantee I can derail it. <laughs> so, so these load sensors, uh, uh, Especially after the past couple of years that we've had, uh, which I know that you guys have seen the, the emails or Facebook posts that I've had that I've put out every time one of these rigs uh, falls apart or, or somebody gets hurt. Um, the, the ability to see what you're doing now is so easy with these Motion Lab uh, sensors. I, I don't know why everyone's not doing it. Everyone needs to be doing so let's, this. So let's take a step back. Let's uh, let's for a minute pretend I'm not a super genius production engineer. What like um, UHD? Because I had no clue oh. what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> tell me, tell me what no a cussing. load sensor. What are we doing? Um, what you're doing is is whenever you're doing a concert or uh, 
uh, a church is hanging a video screen or something like that, you'll notice these nice big chain motors that are, that are holding up the truss. Now, each one of those load points... Has three union guys. Each one of... You asked me to explain, and then you try to just derail. Go, go. I love this guy. That's why I'm here. <laughs> All Color right. Color commentary. So each one of these chain motors is a what we call a load point. Most of these chain motors are going to be one ton. They're going to be one and a half ton. They have two ton, but most people can't afford to, to run those. F-150 up over their stage. So... Literally, what these load sensors do is they, they are a point load for each of those loads. Mm -hmm. uh, you can set up, and what I loved about Motion Lab system is you can actually set it up to alarm at certain numbers, uh, which really kind of intrigued me because, you know, you've got a, a one-ton motor that's 2,400 pounds that it can hold, uh, roughly. 2,400? 2,000 pounds? How much is a ton? A ton now. <laughs> if you're loading your one ton motor oh, with 2,400 pounds, you might have a safety violation. Please so don't do that. 2,000 pounds. You're saying I shouldn't hang something that's a one ton capacity on uh, two quarter ton motors? Yeah. <laughs> well, well it, and it's not so much in a situation that's baby obvious like that, but when you've got a long spar of trust loaded down with equipment, the physics are supposed to work out where things are even right, between load points. Let's go. Let's go this back is a spot to check. let's go back to the journey rig that that we did. The journey rig was over thirty six points. Each point is a chain motor, and most of the venues that we go into, there was a fifty five thousand pound limit per steel <laughs> I beam that we would attach to. So this system, you could actually readily add up how much weight you're actually putting on each I-beam so that you're not overstressing the structure of the building. Man, I tell you, if I'm a facility engineer and I've got all sorts of road shows coming in doing that, I want to have that in place every I, time just so I can spot check that nobody's doing something stupid to my house. Motion Labs is not the only ones that are, that are carrying this, this product, but it's going to come down to one or two more shows where truss falls down like that. Hmm. And it, look how they're many going to mandate. Look how many fixtures plus your audio, LED walls, all added. I mean, that ton of fixtures that are just crashed on the ground. You know, something that could Look be, at all those movers. I mean, that's... Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. You're then, talking about... You see, a, I see a line array, you know, an yeah. audio system right on the back there. And then you see a screen dangling on the side here. You're talking about a million dollars worth of yeah. worth but of equipment who, right there. Just honestly, but in a it, it pile. comes to it comes to the point of not about the price of the equipment, but about safety in the exactly. workforce. Exactly, I was going to say the price of that gear. Who cares was if it's a million dollars? But if there's five, if there's a work crew underneath that when that thing collapses, life is priceless. I mean, what you was know? that festival a couple of years ago where that basically happened? It was outdoor? outdoor well, there was show there was the it? outdoor festival in Kansas. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Kansas, and they were the just about to do like a but... sonic concert or something, and a wind picked up. Yeah. Um, most of those ground rigged buildings there are are only rated for. This will scare the hell out of you. Those ground rigged buildings are only rated for about forty mile an hour winds. Yeah. So that's something you want to have set up in the uh, tornado alley. So while that sounds Absolutely. crazy, 
uh, or, or, well, that sounds like it's a lot. It's not. When you get yeah. a piece of cloth or that you have draping the side there that's catching all that wind, yeah. 40 mile an hour winds is, is nothing. Hey, 20 miles an hour can knock that down. Hmm. So, so load sensing, uh, great idea. The load sensing, vital. it's gonna become mandatory. I know it's gonna, I know USITT is finally gonna, gonna put their foot down at some point in time and say everyone's gotta do it. But for me, who whose safety is number one and always has been number one, uh, uh, I implore people to spend the money Go get the load sensors. Yeah, twisted aluminum. You gotta know what you're putting up because, like, forty foot of truss. How much weight can you guys put on forty foot of truss? Well, it's funny. Honestly, I, I don't know. Before my uh, time as a broadcast dude and uh, whatever the heck I am now, uh, at one point I was going to be an engineer, and that was the thing that went through my mind: is like, these people build bridges for a living, like. I don't know if I want to have that kind of stress of like people dying because I had the decimal point wrong, you know, like (laughs) it's very applicable. And I think a lot of people probably go into this business not appreciating, you know, the uh, complexity of the engineering aspects, things that you're talking about that uh, we've got computer oversight for now. But I mean, very dangerous, you know, whether it's your high voltage lines or your uh, support equipment that you you just keep loading up. Yeah. So the nice thing about this picture is that you'll be able to can map out. Can you put it up on the screen for everybody? Yeah. yeah. I was just checking. Yeah. You'll be <laughs> able to, yeah, yeah, I got it. It's right here. You'll be able to map this out, though, so that you can see if your rig is leaning with too much weight on one side, yes. too much weight on the other side. Yeah. Uh, the little uh, menu area over there, you can actually set it up to alarm you if you reach it's measuring, that max point. It's but measuring these, every point. For these... Every, chain motor is has a weight bearing on it. For these churches, uh, whether it be Prestonwood Baptist, I, I don't care. These guys are p- coming in with with bits and pieces of truss and not understanding the whole physics of the whole thing. This could save your church from the biggest lawsuit you will ever see. Yeah. Any idea what this uh, particular piece of gear uh, we're looking at? Each of the from load sensors is about $250 per load sensor. So an extra instrument rental. So pretty much, yeah. Think about it though. What's a few thousand dollars? Compared to life. Yeah. Now chat room, uh, one of our viewers is asking uh, the picture of the crash stage there. What was that taking? Anybody have a locator Uh, on that? I I don't know for sure. I think that was just stock media from this particular story about... uh, Google. Well, these are good, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, if you go back and look at the recent e- recent history, even there's a litany of examples of just horrible catastrophes because stage rigging has you know gotten too big for its britches. Well, you, you got you too many to people that aren't qualified. Yeah, exactly. Doing this is the what job. we were talking about a couple weeks ago is uh, you know you can you can get cheaper, but uh, <laughs> what's that? I don't know if you guys can hear the dog going insane outside, but apparently we're experiencing a home invasion here at the Lone Star. So stand by for more on that. Welcome to the studio. All right, great Next. story about load sensing. Next us. Next. Give your brand a new life. Streaming to your target audience in the new media. Find unprecedented low rates and powerful longevity from unlimited views on demand. Genuine, cost-effective, and revolutionary. 
Advertise with the Lone Star and take your brand into the 21st century. To learn more, contact Ad Sales at FrontierTelevision.com for a free professional consultation. All right, we're going to attempt to take a look around tonight's job listings on the job board. Good, because I need a job. The job board, there it is. All right, uh, starting off with Indeed.com. Yeah, that's a good almost one. techno. All right, the job board, welcome back. Oh uh, Indeed.com this week has a what listing happened? for Marriott Hotels in Plano. They're hiring a, ho a hotel AV technician. Uh, I think these are great places to get started in the industry. I don't know. This is, this is kind of how I got my uh, feet wet with production, but uh, Hospitality AV. Who's hiring? This is Marriott in Plano. They have in-house AV, so they're looking for just kind of an entry-level technician. That's really weird because I thought they used PSAV. Uh, I think Marriott's are independent. Yeah. By the way, there's another place to go if you want to start entry-level, PSAV, and they are hiring right now. Yeah, big, uh, big staple here in uh, North Texas. I mean, this is a... Uh, Hospitality AV is a good opportunity to get in front of a lot of uh, variety of shows from your small corporate meetings to your large conferences. Uh, all, you know, kind I, of think, I think we've all done it. Have, have you done it? Uh, no. Well, it's a well, way I, to be a no. team player, Jordan. Well, <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's a great way. Yeah, if, it's if, a great way to learn because you're going to do everything. If you're going to do lighting, audio, sound. Pass up. Yeah, you really do get a nice, well-rounded experience. Good on-the-job training, uh, and Marriott's a good, good, strong company to get out, uh, get started with. Good benefits uh, for full-time hotel AV tech. Look for it on Indeed.com this week. Also from Indeed, uh, they're hiring a full-time production lighting technician for Hollywood Lights. Where? A uh, company in Seattle, Washington. I'm on my way. I know, yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> the Northwest is actually a part of the country that my wife is kind of interested in checking out. So, really? Uh, this is a... Hey, uh, so is my wife. You guys nice. want to move to Seattle? I, Let's do it! Woo! Woohoo! Down for Seattle. Let's go to Seattle. All right. Uh, great I'm, town. Good sushi. Uh, anyway, Hollywood Lights out there in Seattle is looking for uh, what they're they're calling a production lighting tech. It's a full-time position. Uh, and from reading the job description on Indeed.com, this sounded more like what I'll call an LD light. No yes. pun intended. A uh, lot of uh, light, light of design responsibilities. It sounded like it's mainly a facility-based position where you're just uh, setting yeah, shows, from, creating looks. From reading it, it's is you'll you'll be more of an LD. Well, you're going to be that LD uh, Emmy where you're putting okay. it all together, but it's your show. But again, a great way to get experience and uh, you know move on up in the lighting world. Maybe come out and work for Scott Davis one of these days. <laughs> God help you. And yeah, <laughs> that's all you gotta do. <laughs> uh, in, case you, in case you didn't catch me, I was doing this. There you go. Yeah, it's even better with video. So you know, Jackass Dice.com is advertising broadcast IT engineers and managers for MLB Advanced Media. Remember, we talked about them last week. This is yes. Uh, professional baseball's video streaming unit that's now outgrown itself and is spinning off into a new venture. Does so that excite you? It does. It's kind of cool to see the uh, world of streaming media. I think coming you just like saying the word stream. Streaming. Streaming. Uh, but yeah, this is it's a, a solid stream. MLB's obviously staffing up for advanced media out there. I mean, obviously there's a very IT uh, networking heavy positions, but uh, I think your show's gone to shit. <laughs> That's why we we brought you in, Scott. 
No holds barred. You're you're a tough critic. You're uh, probably, uh, I'm a column critic. <laughs> 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 so check out Dice.com if you are a broadcast IT engineer or a reasonably experienced IT guru and want to become one for Major League Baseball Advanced Media. Also, this week, ProductionHub.com. Uh, hiring video production tech for the Paley Center in New York City, New York. That's, this is kind of a cool position. This is the uh, uh, self-described as the nation's foremost public archive of television, radio, and internet programming. So the video production tech, from what I gather, this is basically a technical director and uh, nonlinear editor kind of position where you'll be in doing everything from ingest in New York That'd City. Nonlinear? That would be non -linear. a fun city. Yeah. Oh, not so much tape to tape, although I guess there's going to be a fair amount Whoa. of tape ingest and editing as a uh, media archive, but the Paley Center. New York would be fine. Richard, you lived in New York for a while. How was that? I did live in New York for a while. I lived uh, uh, to, a, to a couple Broadway shows. Hello, and, uh, my name is Richard. Big city lights. lived in New York. Gorgeous surrounds, and I'd be back in a heartbeat if only I didn't have three kids to lug up and down 30 flights of stairs just to go Your home. Your mom does not like you. Yeah, well. Yeah, I'm sure it's me she's tuning out for, buddy. This show's a... Scott. I, had, I have values. Hey, and the banana? Okay. It's banana. I'm, I'm not going to say which designer I was working with. There was a Just designer from Europe. Just keep it going. Designer from Europe looked at me. I'm up on the truss. I grab a parkan. Turn the banana and come on my face. And I proceeded to go. <laughs> like I'm crushing it. Live on Procure <laughs> Television. Finally, the stage manager looks at me and goes, in the bottle and come on me. And I looked at the stage manager and went, no, that doesn't sound any better. <laughs> so I think what you're getting at, this is some sort of theater oh. lingo or... <laughs> no, these guys are just making that up as they go. <laughs> so not everything is a sexual harassment, folks. These are apparently legitimate uh, technical terms that uh, the lighting community might have you use in a professional setting. Turn the bottle and come on my face. God. The more you know. <laughs> Routing out this most likely <laughs> never to be sponsored segment is productionhub.com again with a video editor VFX position at the, <laughs> this is awesome. The, oh my gosh. The World Arm Wrestling League. <laughs> <laughs> this is They're just like totally epic. Cool. I mean, how would you not love to work for the World Arm Wrestling League? This is, uh, they, they tout themselves as being the newest sport on ESPN, I swear to God. This is what mainstream media is bringing to you now, the World Arm Wrestling League. But if you want to come out and work for them in Chicago, locals only, please. <laughs> Bless you, Jordan. <laughs> God. Uh, video editors at a thousand bucks hell? a week. This show's gone to shit. Well, at least we've got that funky, funky background beat. Dogs Thank you, barking, <laughs> kids screaming. Jordan can't hold on to his pee -pee. this week. I'm not going to lie. It's a semi-pro at best. All right. That's all we quit, got on the job quit, board this week. Quit, quit, Put the Twitter down. Don't write asshole again. <laughs> These guys. All right. Uh, so let's get on to our main topic this week. I want to talk about copyright. Uh, ATX joining us in the chat room. I don't know everybody on the internet, Scott. I hey, cheers. Cheers, Mike. Cheers, cheers. All right. And I would immediately like to apologize to the Austin crowd for having to watch any of that. 
Guys, um, <laughs> this is not serious at all. Yeah. If you had any inclination, this would be a serious Spin show. Spin the banana You're and on come on my era. face. Gosh. Golly, you got some... Me in Texas. Latent tendencies. <laughs> Texas. Uh, tonight's main topic, I want to talk about copyright. And I know you'll probably come down on... Uh, well, I've got some interesting devil's advocate's point of views, I think, for copyright. Do you? I do. Interesting in my own mind. So, good luck with that. Do you copyright your stuff? Um, I have copyright notices. Certainly, I don't enforce any copyright on the network. Um, lately, I've become a big fan of the Creative Commons Initiative, mm. which is similar to copyright, where you have declared rights, but they're more uh, share and share alike, uh, share with attribution. Um, it's, it's like, yes, please link and distribute this as much as possible, but just let them know where you got it from sort of thing. So that's, that's the camp I've been falling into lately. But uh, Scott, you, you in particular have always been um, more of, uh, I, I think, more of the artist's advocate when it comes to situations such as uh, pay protection and uh, things like that. How, how do you feel about copyright for artists? I uh, indispensable or uh, as a passe? lighting as a lighting designer, um, most of of your designs that you're you're gonna copyright are gonna be the uh, the initial show or a regional premiere or I mean a premiere. Um, there is safety in it. Uh, it will guarantee you will get paid, which is a, which is a, a good thing when you're dealing with $2,000, $3,000 worth of design fees that need to be paid. Um, yes, you can copyright a lighting design. You have to fill out the form G, form G, uh, cost you $50, take pictures of your design, uh, send in your, uh, uh, light cues, the whole shebang, anything that you've got, you can send in. Uh, it has saved me in the past with clients that haven't paid because I've been able to stop them from using pictures of, hmm. of interesting the uh, of the end product. Uh, and That's producers tend to get really pissed off at you when you do that. <laughs> they don't like injunctions That's for it's, some it's reason. That's interesting. Yeah, I, um, it's your artwork. I mean, your artwork has to be copyrighted. Yeah, I envision this to be a much more uh, conceptual conversation, and you're getting very specific, and even bringing in lighting. That's uh, well, I, I didn't even think that was possible. Yeah, I think the chat room's even a little bit taken aback by that. You can I think copyright it's a, your important. Your design. Uh, That's cool. Jazz Austin, who's in our our room, talked talked about copywriting his music. In the end, that is your that is your artwork. We're artists, people. We're not here to work for free. Yes, um, and I, I think that's. Uh, that's something that I would expect to hear immediately. It's not you don't want to work for free. You want to get some kind of compensation for your effort and for your what is art. I mean, that yeah. really can't be duplicated and shouldn't be duplicated without. But we're living in the digital age, and um, that's where it makes it real hard because a lot of these people want to to take photos of their shows and stuff like that. Um, and, and I don't necessarily have a problem with people taking photos of the show, but you need to compensate me for it. Sure. Okay, so, but what about for concert goers that are there, that are just, 
I understand for producers or stuff like that that basically take pictures of your lighting rig or your light show stuff like that and then they basically will put that on their website and advertise it as their services that's where it's wrong but say for instance i go to a certain band show take a picture of it post it on my instagram without any cuss words and basically just say this is a cool lighting show should i be paying royalties for that if all of all of my contracts state that I give permission to the people, the producers, well, people. to use those photos. Okay. So, but if they don't pay you, it's a different situation. Because it's a copyrighted product, I can still go to a judge, get an injunction to stop anyone from using that stuff. Now, one of the things that you talked about was say I'm I'm hired in by a third party, say so-and-so productions over here has hired me to do a show. If I don't get that contract, if I don't get my Davis Lane Designs contract signed by them, I have nothing. I can go copyright the crap as much as I want. I still lose all of my all of my legal ability to to stop things. Yeah. But with that being said, there was somebody using photos from one of my shows saying that it was his company show and I did get those photos removed. So, yeah, the copyright will help you in, in some ways. The other thing is that there's so many shady people in this business. There really is too many shady people in this business that will steal other people's artwork and call it theirs. Well, yeah. So you're, you're approaching this topic from the perspective, I suppose, of a business-to-business relationship of dealing with other producers, of maybe prime contractors to your subcontract. Um, and, okay, that's, that's one thing I never took. My stance on copyright, I think, has always been uh, producer versus consumer. And, uh, you know, how the music industry for a long time resisted having digital art out there um, but m- my problem with that concept is that ultimately copyright only protects you against the people who are law-abiding to begin with. So it's it's really only limiting your legal audience. I think the people who want to take your stuff are always just going to take your stuff, and it does give you some legal recourse. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can hunt and peck every single one of them down and take them to court and win. But are you? I mean. It's not worth the time. Time consuming. I mean, it's it, just not worth it. I mean, it. even for the major motion picture, you know, companies, they, they can't keep up with that just because it's too, there's too many pirates out there. I'm, I'm, I am a little more worried about the music industry with the copyright situations that's going on there uh, because the music industry is trying to squash the digital world from being able to, to copy their music and everything. I still think that there's a lot the the anti-piracy laws are 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 antiquated right now we're going after the wrong people um if 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 i went and bought an album and i put a picture up on on youtube to a song don't come after me i'm i'm more promoting your song than than not Go after yeah. the people that are in these other countries that are making CDs for thirty freaking cents. What about cents like giving 
giving credit where credit's due for instance for a demo reel like if you're producing a demo reel stuff like that and you like this certain song you know yeah you should uh, be able to use it for a creative comment or a creative use act or stuff like that. And I've started as, playing around as with long that. as you're not making profit off of it. You yeah, know? but if sure. you're just basically, like, I'm just using this song to help me find a job or something like that. I think you should. Or why should somebody else make money when the original artist is not making money? Yeah, I can see. That. I've I've used a lot of uh, of the Creative Commons work on our network here recently, just because I found some repositories that actually do a good job of lining up a decent bank of of art to choose from, and. That's okay, how it Matt, works, as you that's, that's one of the points that, that I'm trying. Jazz Austin came up with this. This In many countries, piracy is more normal than paying for music. Go to China. Yeah. Go to China. You will find out in China that you can get a CD for 30 freaking cents and that we pay for. It's China. I mean, you're, you know, yeah. there's millions of people pirating. And I think that's the problem is this law, and really any law, you've got too many violators to ever hope to be policed. I mean, you can have all, it's like the FCC, it's the, sorry, the FAA drone thing. I mean, you can, you can have all the laws you want, but if you've got no way to enforce it, what good is the law? So is copyright, my question to you, the artist, is copyright an actual protection or is it just the illusion of protection that is only serving to limit your audience in this day and age? Like, is, it, is this something, like, you you know, I've got every legal right to this song, but unless I'm willing to spend tens of thousands of dollars a month in legal fees to chase down all those violators and, and get my due, all I'm really doing is cutting myself off from the world of potential clients who might turn around and recommend me for my next gig, or, you know, I, I think, so obviously I'm coming into this loaded, and yeah, this is interesting. Wow. Good, good, good feedback. Um, and... So yeah, Jazz Austin uh, once again they're chiming in saying that it's crazy that not we're able we're not able to track the use of intellectual property that's been digitized, and um, that in the world of big data it certainly is possible. I mean that's why we see on YouTube, who's probably the most proactive example I can think of this. Wait, when you, you do have a copyright violation, the robot you finds talk, it. You talk big data; it's not big data. You you could embed something in in the middle of a track to I could strip to it track out. that. I could strip it out. Yeah, it's There's always an analog hole. There's always a way to get around it. But so my example here, YouTube, they'll have if you put a copyrighted arc, whether a copyrighted work up, whether or not you realize it, the robot knows it, finds it, and then kicks it back to the owner. And more often than not, the recourse is, yeah, let them use it. But I'm going to put a banner ad over their work now, and now I'm going to get paid for that banner ad show. See, personally, and that's, I mean, that's just kind of like they don't. I mean, they, they do have the right to take it down and to remove it from the internet, but I think people are starting to realize there's more value in being seen than being paid for being seen every time. Because one of those people that sees you might actually have legitimate money to spend on giving you a concert series or it's, giving yeah, you a full-time job. It's almost a fine line as well because where does it, where does it uh, stop being advertisement for yourself? Yeah, at some point you've got to get paid. At some um, point you've got to get paid, or else there's no art to you know. Paid. If so, you have a band that's that's averaging 300 people for a concert, but I think it's the old. I think it's the old world model. I think it's the uh, the recording industry mogul model that says we're that that physical media, that actual recording has value, and we're going to monetize that. I think we're moving to a phase, whether or not you realize it, that 
what you've produced has no value. The art, once it's made, it's meant to be heard as much as possible, and it, once it's out there in the ether. Now, you have the control, ultimately, on whether or not you decide to release it. So if someone's not going to put up the front money to let you record that track, or if somebody's not going to give you the pay to go and, and set that lighting show, if you're not going to get what's worth your time to do the work in the first place, then you ultimately decide whether or not to produce. But if you can, as long as you can... I was going to say that, that that comes down to taking the contract. Yeah, I mean, yes. But, but once it's out there, I think it's safest just to have no expectation whatsoever to, uh, you know, to have any ownership of that media. What, as an artist, do you not produce art to be heard, to be experienced by others? If you're producing art to be paid... This is why, this is why I said... Is it art? This is why I said this is a very slippery slope with the music industry right now. They're getting to the point of, of, of going after everyone. I, I, come yeah. from the, I come from the 80s, guys. I made mixtapes for, for oh, yeah. girls. Who didn't? I could get sued for that. Yeah. Ever oh, since, I mean, this is... Gonna... This, I did the same thing, sorry. We no, no, no. On each other. I'm going to talk over Jordan. Ready? And go. And go. Everyone talk over I did the same thing that I basically would uh, make a... Um, are you saying something? Record stuff on the huh? radios with the mixed track stuff like man. that and do it that way. Um, oh, Mark, Mark Cuban, it's... my favorite uh, net neutrality uh, ad, or non-advocate, I guess, uh, opponent... Lately, uh, he made his money on Broadcast.com, which is literally a company that plugged local sports radio into the internet and streamed it for other people to hear. So there was it, no original product of his own, but he streamed it over for other people to pick up and, and pay to hear. And that's how he made his fortune. Owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban. Thank you. Um, I mean, uh, Sony. Sony seems to be. Uh, Sony seems to be the worst right now about going after people. For copyright infringement, uh, I, I give a lot of kudos to you two, a band that's got money, that that doesn't need. I mean, their last album was put on iTunes for free. They they distributed mm -hmm. all that stuff on iTunes for free, free. no yeah. charge at all. And especially, I think, especially if you're a band, yeah, just but get, get I, your music out there as much as you can. I think once again we come back to that promoter. delicate balance of of here's a band you two who's got the money. They don't care about the money. They're gonna go out and tour and make a hundred dollars a ticket. Well, yeah, you two can't but be your either what was <laughs> your standard because obviously they've got more money than God. They don't need to worry about who pays for their MP3. I didn't. <laughs> Does God have you, that much? Notice I'm looking at Jordan. <laughs> Notice I'm looking at Jordan. Right, let me look at my Does Jordan, God have that much money? Up. How much money does God have? I'm check look, it, check I'm, his stock portfolio. I'm looking on my Twitter right now. Hold on. Um, <laughs> yeah, at God says he's uh, currently a heavy yeah. Apple investor. Not, not, not that God on Twitter. Says asshole. <laughs> oh, also I wanted to point out in the chat room, uh, Jazz Austin says that uh, mixtape Scots uh, do fall under fair use, which is good news. So, uh, Oh, does Yeah, this? if you're making mixtapes for your girlfriends, that's that falls under fair use in the Federal Copyright Act. So... It's a uh, it's it's a uh, news and commentary, uh, educational purposes, and mixtapes girl for girlfriends. Well, now, now that everything's integrated, I'll just mix and it with the porno. And get girls' pants. Oh wow! Yeah. Scott's a little randy tonight. Am um, I? Am I randy? Yeah, you're randy. Between the uh, so... constant pornography mentions, Gosh. the weird ritual of light aiming that you learned in the theater. Oh my God, that was so. 
I've had a long day. <laughs> I've had two that. board meetings. I struck a show, and now I'm here. Yeah, I can't believe you struck a whole light grid and then came here to hang out with us. Yeah, well, I left yeah, most of it sitting on the floor so that I can go back and finish, but... Uh, <laughs> but screw that. <laughs> so I guess... Um, I don't know, does anybody else have any good points on uh, copyright? I'm, I, I love to keep the conversation going. I would love to keep the conversation going, but ultimately, where is it going? It, it's what a, do you want to do with the copyright thing? Uh, well, I mean, I think everybody has to make their own decisions. My decision is, uh, I if anybody ever wants to t copy my stuff, and it, actually, oh, I've got a great example of this, and I didn't even mean to bring it up. I know I'm, I have a great thing to talk about my own topic. No, but... Um, so uh, earlier, late last year, I went down to uh, NASA to film that, that piece that I'm sure you've all watched ad nauseum. And found out you were gay. Great shot. At NASA. No, I went down to uh, do this, this space bit for them and uh, put together uh, a good little, you know, new media report, put it on YouTube, and uh, it was like a good 15-minute video. And, and became gay. Produced it all up. <laughs> wow. Uh, different rocket. Really? Different, different <laughs> rocket ride there, buddy. Yeah. No. Um, wow. <laughs> So I put the whole point. piece together, and uh, of course the whole thing was branded for Lone Star. Great Frontier Television was all over it, fantastic. And it just wasn't like, you know, it was just didn't really ever take off, never really gained any momentum. I'm like, well, that's okay. You know, it's the internet. Not everything's going to be gold. But uh, I found out later, just kind of by accident, that Johnson Space Center had put the video on their Facebook page. Because they and, were gay. And I think that's what I'm trying to say, is being rammed down my throat, no pun intended. But... <laughs> Uh, no, they, they put it on their Facebook page, which is great. It got like, I think it was like 30,000 views it got up to, whereas my original YouTube listing was like a couple hundred, and I was like, no, well, nobody ever saw my video. Let's do Really? Good. Did they give so, you credit? Um, I mean, no. no, they did no. not. They, I mean, as far as their official post is always like, hey, here's some guy who likes space or something like that. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, isn't this cute? This little boy loves space. And I was like, I'm a, an internet television company. But that's okay because I had the forethought when I was making the video, I made sure it was branded, there were bugs, yeah. there were lower thirds, there were graphics, everything was, uh, it, it was its own commercial. I mean, it, the, the piece stood up on its own, it had, you know, it, it had valuable information for people who were interested in it, but it was also constantly pointing back to FrontierTelevision.com. So at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, you steal the shit out of that. I don't care because 30,000 people just saw my brand. So, and that's what it's all about for me. But so, you're right. At some point, it can't be just about branding and commercialization. Sometimes you have to get paid. And if I had $30,000 in my pocket right now, I'd probably be happier. But I'm okay with this. <laughs> as, a, as a consolation prize, not awful. A? A. A? A. I'm almost 50 years old. I went way too long not getting paid for stuff. That is true. It's got to come to getting paid. I say if you're good at what you do, you need to get paid for it. Well, who are you going to trust to get paid, Scott? Your own intellect hey, and innovation? I get paid. Or the government? I get paid now. Right, I because make sure you know the tricks. You know. My government gave me the opportunity to grab companies by the babone does. Okay. And get paid. More often than not, though, it's the threat of legal action than the actual legal action, right? Although I'm not saying you've probably gone through your share of uh, dust-ups. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. If we have any homosexual members of the viewing community tonight, Scott is actually pretty open-minded. I am open -minded. so sorry. Probably more open-minded than he would care to admit. Yeah, he's... 
But uh, I, I work yeah. in theater uh, here in <laughs> Dallas, so I, I'm I'm very open-minded. I love how that just makes it okay. Look, I know I said a lot of stuff about gay stuff, but I work in theater. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, holy cow, what are you I'm talking totally about? totally lost on what you just asked me now. Hey, look, I know. All I see is gay aliens. There's a lot of not, not safe for work stuff, and uh, I work at a garage. What can I tell you? I work at a Denny's. Okay, I'm going to put it out there. I, I was going back to, I, I, I'm 50 years old. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. And, and the at some point in time. gay stuff? Well, both. Um, I, I am in theater. <laughs> I heard that. Wow. You gotta teach him everything. Turn <sighs> the banana and come on my face. Oh, God. Oh, my Stop, Stop saying that. Oh, I, like, I don't think I can, I'm not even gonna try to edit it at this point. It's just, <laughs> sorry, internet, that's... It's gonna be a lot of beeps in it, you know, because of that beep, 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 beep. And I'll just try to get Morse a screen grab of you doing this. <laughs> a little blur on it in terms of... Yeah, wow. For those of you listening at home, not turn the speaker word. down. Yeah. Don't watch this. So you've not been paid for 50 years of... Don't watch this with I'm your sorry, mom. Turned. Yeah, wow. So proud. Oh, wow. That's my little boy up there talking about the game. No, I, I, I mean, you go through it long enough, you get screwed by enough companies. And you and I, and you and I, and you and I have all been screwed by somebody. And you. We have all not been paid for shows. We have all been screwed in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> Getting paid for your job. <laughs> Hang on. He, he was going somewhere that was really bad. Continue on. <laughs> <laughs> Getting paid for it the music is good. <laughs> is that bumper ready? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, this is crazy. How's that work out for you, That's man. how old it is. Uh, yeah, so definitely if you're going to get screwed really hard, you want to get paid for it is Scott's advice to you. More on that in a future topic, I'm sure. And be sure to Very wear protection. Uh, thank you for joining us once again on the Show Tech Show. We don't know why you do it, but we're glad to have you, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week, Sunday night at 8 o'clock Central Daylight Time. Jordan, not Central Standard anymore. Oh. Thanks, time. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about a topic that TD Jordan has brought to our attention, how to deal with those impossible clients that just Ooh, make you want to turn the banana. Right? I think I'm using that correctly. And come on my face. Good night, everybody.
Wow, what a great episode of the Show Tech Show. You know what? I can't wait for you guys to hear the Show Tech Show reunion show that'll be coming next week. It's going to be really good. I mean, we had a great time. All of us getting together. We haven't seen, some of us haven't seen each other in years. I mean, the last time I saw Richard was when I basically went on a cruise ship. So it's going to be very interesting. I know that you guys are going to simply enjoy it. So that's it for this week. Hopefully you'll tune in next week for the Show Tech Show reunion show. Until then, have a good rest of your week. <laughs>